Hello, welcome to a very special Cheap Show. I'm Paul Gannon. And I'm Eli Silverman. And on this rainy January afternoon, we're taking a special little walk today because we're going to follow the path and visit the locations of one of Britain's greatest films. Isn't that right? Uh, yeah, apart from the... The word greatest. And film. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> today, Cheap Show is going on an out-and-about, walkabout, stroll to John through the alleyways, corners and streets of northwest London as we investigate and explore the world of Dangerous Davies. The Last Detective. A movie that was released in 1981, starring uh, Bernard Cribbins. And we're today going to take a look at the sights and sounds of that film, its locations, and a few opinions on this wonderful, majestic film itself. Let's just stop here for a second. We're going to just stop here for a second. We're on what was called Black Path. Yes, this is, this is a path in West Hampstead. runs from West Hampstead up to West End Lane. Um, but by the side of the rail track, what is the Thameslink rail now. Mm. And we are standing actually opposite the platform of, of West Hampstead Thameslink. Here comes the train. That's this, the EMR Connect. This, this path was not called the Black Path in my youth when I came down here with my dad. It was my, one of my original... Sorry, guys. As well as covering the locations in the film, we are going to be covering a lot of biogeographical detail from my life. Eli Silverman. <laughs> yeah, right, so... No, but now, look... Dangerous just, Silverman. <laughs> indeed. indeed. And I've got a hat. You do. So, <laughs> yeah, you've got your little now, your frost hat on. Let's just say Happy New Year to all the listeners to the to our show. Happy New Year, unless you listen to this out of context months or, year, or, or weeks or days or even years later. Happy New Year. Now, do you see the colour? I'm doing a little bit of detective work here, just like Dangerous would. Yeah, yeah. Paul, do you see the colour of this wall? Black. And you see they painted all the walls black. So I black. think they renamed this. It's a rail side sort of path, cut through, you might call it. Um, I think they renamed it the Black Path when they did the... Uh-huh. Shut up! Uh-huh. This is what today's episode is going to be full of. What, you talking about the fact that it's called Black Path because we're walking on a path that has been painted black? I think they tried to rebrand this path as the Black Path when they when they did It makes it sound ominous, though. I know, but they, they made a mistake. Don't go up the Black Path, boys. Exactly, but... For you will be taken. Now, another little anecdote about Black Path. Oh, my, we'll That's be walking. Paul, we're going to be walking past my primary school, Beckford, on this walk to get up to our first location, which is the pawn shop in the film. Yes, we will be breaking down the film as we go on this walk today. Just because of the the route we have to take, though, the pawn shop isn't the first location in the film chronologically, is it? No, we will not be taking a chronological walk route of the film Dangerous Davies. This is more of a kind of uh, whimsical trip through. Northwest London. Now, back in the 80s, when I was getting into graffiti, oh, New York graffiti, I had a book, Subway Art. It was a very famous book um, of photographs of New York, early hip-hop graffiti from New York. And I came down here with my dad, and we were looking for graffiti, because it was just starting to emerge, that kind of graffiti. Yeah. And on one of these walls here, Paul, there was a copy of a piece by Scene, who's a, really, a very famous original writer, which had Scene, and t- the, the two E's... I like lowercase e's, but they're like eyeballs. It's a very no. I'm done. Fuck this. I can't. Listen. I can't do this. I can't have you already. Well, fucking. Let's talk. Talk about the fucking film then. Uh, this is the very important episode where we talk about one of the great lost British classic now, movies. Can we now, just pr- 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 uh, can we say this point, it's not? It fucking is. Well, we should warn this people. This is the war. It's on YouTube. Is and it, are you going to be? Shut in- up. Shut up. Because it's already been two minutes and we haven't gone to the credits yet. 
and I just wanted to have a nice, <laughs> concise intro where we say, oh, come along with us as a okay, little walk. Okay, come along with Instead us. Instead it's like, our daddy used to walk me down the path and we used to Fuck look for graffiti. I'm not, you know what, Paul? Ladies and gentlemen, gonna... this is cheap shit. Oh, this fucking train. Yard up! I'm not going to go up to, to fucking New Brighton and the Wirral with you like you want to do and listen to you witter on if you won't listen to me. Mate, I don't mind your wittering, but please keep your wittering to the appropriate segments of the show. Okay, this is the cold open, which is literally cold because I'm, I'm freezing cold. on a I'm wet day. I'm freezing my nags off. Right, so anyway, Cheers. blah, 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 blah. Cheap fucking... Show. Welcome to Cheap Show's walking tour of northwest London to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Dangerous Davies. So here we are at our first location on our non-chronological walk of the Dangerous Davies film. Eli, where are we? We are at number 38, Mill Lane, NW6, uh, just across from a building called Gondar Mansions, and I think that's a reference to a local street name as well. Gondar! Now, the, this... the Magnificent! Yes, not, not, maybe. Maybe a reference to some kind of mythical hero. Gondar oh. the Testicular. God, he was a huge bollocked warrior. Warrior who, called Gondar. Who, 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 uh, he, who nestled women in his balls. And men. Yeah. He wasn't, he didn't, yeah, mind. He didn't, he didn't mind. mind. And ponies. His balls were welcome for all. And horses. He used to keep his horse under his nutsack. I would. I would. I'd lick his hairy nutsack. <laughs> Literally 30 seconds. We no, derailed it. We are at 38. Now, this is a building I've known my whole life. I, as we, we walked up, up the black path, uh, Paul, didn't yeah. we? Uh, which was you have to was a top alleyway, a nice liminal space. Now, before good. we go any further, because I know you want to go off on your little I remember life <laughs> tangents, right? And that's fine. But I just want to do a little bit of background of what Dangerous Davies oh, yes, is for people yeah. who don't yeah. know. So, randomly, a few weeks ago, Eli and I were just strolling through YouTube's forestry, looking for something to catch our attention, and a film popped up called Dangerous Davies, The Last Detective, which is how the character, the book, is known. Written by a guy called. The book is called The Last Detective. Yes. But the film is Dangerous Davies, The Last Detective. And the more successful TV adaptation that came five years later? No, much later, like end of the 90s, early 2000s, it was a TV show with Peter Davidson. Was known as The Last Detective. And it also starred Sean Hughes as well in a a rare acting role. In that version, was the detective known as Dangerous Davies or did they just drop that entirely? I I think it was. He was referred to as Dangerous Davies. So it is. The book was written by Leslie Thomas. He was a Welsh writer mostly known for a thing called The Virgin Soldiers, which Ah. I don't know too much about. But also he wrote these stories called... The Last Detective, Dangerous Davies. played by what's-his-name, is Welsh in this, isn't he? Bill Maynard yeah. is Welsh, whereas in the TV series, they got Sean Hughes, who is, as we all know, Scottish. Yes, right. So, no, he's Irish, you fucking listen. <laughs> he's in the fucking never listen, proving my fucking point. Isn't it? Sean Hughes is Scottish, you, and you fucking and, and then for a minute, I yeah. just want to talk about my fucking primary school. Yeah, but the point is, is that you were like, yeah, whatever Paul says, whatever, I want to talk about me. I don't care if I'm even factually incorrect for a moment. Anyway, people can look it up themselves. But yes, he, uh, he has a Welsh sidekick in the film who was played by Sean Hughes, who is Irish, in the later... Well, no, he has a Welsh sidekick in the film. Yes. Played by a Welsh so man. That's what I said. Is it? Yes. I wasn't listening to you. You were fucking listening to me. <laughs> Let's go walk around West So, London. wait, wait, so... 
The film came out in 1981, the first film, a TV movie based on these books. Now, Dangerous Davies is a character who is like the last of the detectives, they say. You know, he's like that whole bit of kind of gumshoe feel to him. And he's called Dangerous Davies, not, not because he is himself a dangerous man, but because every time he puts himself in a situation, he gets the shit beaten out of him, yes. or he falls down a hole, or he has an accident. I think the word is hapless, isn't yes. it? He always gets injured, and he gets injured during the film three or four times, doesn't he? He gets beaten up. Put into a bin many times. And I think at this point we should mention the sort of casual racism that will greet you if you do try and watch this film. We'll go into that a bit later, but yeah. Now, it was directed by Val Guest for TV. Now, Val Guest is actually a director of note, um, British director. Here's some of the films you may have seen of his. They, the Day the Earth Caught Fire. You know that one? With the, the Earth's getting, yeah, the one with the Earth's getting close to the sun. Yeah. Uh, he also did a section of Casino Royale. He was a writer on that. Uh, that was a disaster. Uh, actually, no, it was a hit, but it was... It was a hit, that film. Yeah, it was a mo modest hit. Oh, I did not know that. But obviously, its reputation preceded it. Um, ah, The Boys in Blue, Cannon and Balls movie. Oh, wow. Which in itself was a remake of an old uh, Ealing comedy, I, I think. And was it... Have, I've not seen that. Is that any good? Or is it a, a terrible, terrible thing? Uh, it's one of those weird, very 80s, strangely inert comedy films about two bumbling detectives, coppers, who end up solve, saving the day of a crime. But were Cannon and Ball any good as comic actors? I mean, look, personally speaking, I think so, but I also think the script and the story doesn't have... It's, it's, it's got too much... In, no, there's no inertia to it. Also, uh, well, there's too much inertia, you mean? What inertia mean? Uh, the, the tendency to come to... Oh, I don't know. And, uh, if the I point said, is it's slow. If I said I'm full of inertia, you'd mean, I'd mean I'm slow. True. Which means there's too much inertia. Too much um, inertia. No, I, yeah, wait there, wait there. I just want to say a few more things. So he also did When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth and famously Confessions of a Window Cleaner. Oh, wow, he did that. So he's done a, low, a big old mix of stuff in his Very time. Very British stuff. Never, never crossed over to Hollywood, it looks like. No. And this film was made for TV in 1981. Detective Constable Dangerous Davies is not known for his finesse, but often finds himself on the receiving end of violence in various forms, only thrown into cases where others fear to dread or to shake up the natives with his bumbling natives. Exactly, it's even in this, the I natives. Because there's this whole bit, there's a voiceover at the beginning of the film where he refers to the natives of West London where it's set. I'll and put a clip in at the end of this segment. It's problematic. We should just mention the film isn't great. No, it is great. It's one of the this lost what, British this classics. What, this is what Paul tries to pretend because he wanted to go on a walkabout and drink some whiskey. But <laughs> it is, it's quite drab, boring. Uh, you know what? I would say this. It wasn't boring. And I'll tell you why it wasn't boring. Because we got through it. We did. And you, like to, you guessed correctly who the baddie was. Oh, yeah. Because whenever someone says, and guest starring famous actor who's in the film for three minutes... It kind of gives it away yes. that maybe that actor yeah, is the baddie. Well, you thought it was the vicar by the canal at first, didn't you? We'll get into the vicar later. Oh, I'll as get the right choir into boys the vicar. <laughs> no, but, but wait, Paul... I want to just finish this oh, off. Right. So oh, he's I'll given a job... Off after that. He's given a job to find and flush out a, a criminal recently returned for a, abroad. But in his research, he inadvertently stumbles upon the case of a 15-year-old murdered girl. His compassion for the missing girl and his parents draws him into an obsession with solving the case and ultimately results in unexpected repercussions. Yes. So, here we are at our first location, but not chronologically our first location, so tell us now about it. Now, we're at 38 Mill Lane. Um, I went to 
primary school for just a couple of years after I got expelled from the Steiner school and before I went to boarding school. I went to the school just around the corner. Why did you get expelled from the Steiner school? Do we want to get into that now? No. no. <laughs> Basically because I was a bad boy and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, um, I wouldn't stick with the programme, the Steiner, oh, Rudolf Steiner's little program. Lord. No, oh, here he was very prescriptive in what people were allowed to do and I, I rebelled against it and then my dad had a massive argument with my class teacher and that was basically the end and there, there was a there was a protest in the school they mounted a protest that's how loved I was Paul what protest to keep you in or yeah, keep you out keep me in <laughs> shut up gonna, I was already out they're not going to do a protest to keep me out no, are they I don't know no they all had banners and stuff that they made we want Eli back it was unfair basically it was unfair but probably in the course of my life, probably a good thing that I got expelled. Anyway, I went here, which was a state school, and it was this old Victorian uh, school building, which you saw just now. Yeah. It's a nice-looking building. Um, and now it's called West Hampstead Primary School. When I was there, it was called Beckford, for some reason. Beckford Primary. And then we saw the actual original name was Broomsley Road School. was it mm. Broomsley Street School, which is a street that runs by the side of it. So, basically, I'm very familiar with this area. And this building... The, the shop we're outside of right now, why are we standing outside of this particular it, one? It appears in Dangerous Davis as the... Um, pawn the, shop. As a pawn shop where one of the suspects from the girl case uh, owns it, doesn't it? And, and what, it also... And what's it called? What's the pawn shop called? I love shop, this title. It's now called LCAV Bespoke Smart Home Solutions, Paul. In the film is known as... The Garden of Ooh La La. <laughs> with about seven O's. Seven O's. I think you can tell it's a fake sign the minute you see yeah, it in the I film mean, it's because like, it... what pawn shop would call themselves the Garden of Ooh La La? You'd call it Grumbles or something, wouldn't you? Something quick. You know, I wonder if that was what the the shop was called in the original novel. Or whether Probably. Because yeah. I get the impression the book is is humorous. It's not like a straight laced detective Chandler-esque novel. But that's the strange thing, isn't it? It it, it tries to be humorous, and he's sort of like he's a bit slapstick. He gets into scrapes and stuff. Yeah. And there's, but then there's this uneven tone because the crime at the at the, a heart of the story is a murder of a child. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of dark, and it's sort of, that's what I think why it doesn't quite work a lot in one of the ways. It's also boring and drab. But and also there's a scene where for no reason they just let a horse run around in a house as a prank for the landlady, yes. and it's like we'll then it cuts to. There. Then it cuts instantly to, let's investigate this horrible murder death. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. It's a anyway, place. so it's meant to be sleazy. It's a pawn shop. And also, the person who, <laughs> uh, the person who is running the shop is another one of these problematic, stereotypical characters because he is a, uh, what they were used to call a hanky-dropping puff or something. Yeah, like. It's He's a very a flamboyant homosexual performance a from a man who I quink. guarantee you is, is not, the straightest yeah. actor in London <laughs> you know so it's all it's all these things where like you oh the guy's just gone in he's just gone in he's probably thinking he knows anything about he, dangerous do you think we should tell him about the legacy of this building no, and how it used now, to be a, a, a fictional knocking shop no. well he had some kind of terrible neo mullet so I don't think we should talk to him at all nah fuck him but um so yeah, in the, in one of the little threads of the plot leads to this pawn shop, and Davis David goes in, and then like starts playing with a sex toy yeah, until he blowing it, it up, and and then so and he gets stopped by the suspect. He goes, "That will explode all over you, or something, doesn't it? Yeah, it'll kill you." Yeah. So I don't think anyone in the history of the world has ever died from an exploding sex doll. I would guarantee that you are wrong about that. Well, if anyone knows anyone who has I bet died, you look up the Darwin Awards like over the last three years. I bet there's been two or three people. 
this guy tried to blow it up with nitrogen uh, yeah, exactly. and then he was having Come a cigarette. On. You can just see it, can't you? Yeah. And a little whiff of the uh, ash. Fag ash. A whiff of the ash. A, a, a whiff of <laughs> nitrogen. A, a, went, from the cigarette, went up the snuff of the lady doll. You're so wrong about every detail whenever you try and vamp. No, I was saying the cigarette. is an inert gas. It's the opposite of an explosive gas. Is it? Inert, yes. I thought nitrogen was nitrogen really is 70% of the air we breathe. <laughs> what was it? Helium. And then you said a whiff of ash. It's helium. A whiff of ash. Cigarette ask. Ash. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're having fun. Oh, man. Oh, well, anyway, fun, here's man. our first location. Oh. Now, quick thing as well before we sign off on this. Um, I'm going to embed the movie on our website, the webpage for this episode, and there will be pictures of our adventure as we go. So you can... And we're going to try and match up some of the sights with the camera shots and things like that. So we're going to do our best to give you the most informative walk and talk with some facts and fancies about Dangerous Davies. Now, have we done enough here? Is this it? Uh, yes, just to say, uh, this has been a number of things over the years, this shop, Ooh, the Garden of <laughs> Ooh La La, but I remember it was a Christian science place at one stage as well. So not that much of a difference then. Anyway, shall we? We're going to head... What's the next location we're going to head to, Paul? You don't know. I don't know, because you're in charge of the route. Right. The next location we'll be heading to, Paul, yeah. um, is... Is Queen's Park. Oh, no, first we'll go to the library where he does all his research with his with sidekick, his which yeah. is Kilburn Library in Queen's Park, and then we'll, and then we'll go up to the park. All right, cool, and I'll fill you in a few facts and fancies about the Dangerous Davies. But, hey, until then, let's wander on. Our walk continues. I didn't know it was not, and I didn't know what inert gases are. What in a gas that's really explosive? Well, you just call it a volatile gas. All right. What's in the sale? Everything, love, absolutely everything. Depends what your requirements are. Well, I'm not sure what they are. Oh, you lads do get yourselves in a state, don't you? <gasps> Japanese ticklers, slightly shop soil. Where's Dave Boot? Dave Boot? Oh, oh, Mr. Boot. He's taken his motorbike to the garage. Detective Constable Davis, get him, eh? So as we make our way to our next location, Eli has decided to take us on another step on his magical fucking mystery tour of his life. So where do we just walk past your original family home? We walked down Fordwich Road and then along St Cuthbert's Road, which was my original family home was there. And you saw we had a big old house there. It was a big old house and he had an au pair and Mama used oh, to there. take him for not, peaches. We're not talking about the au pair. Peaches. Anyway, but now we're in the estate, Templar Estate, which is behind where uh, St Cuthbert's Road, sort of on the block. And... It's a sort of grand, kind of very plain buildings, aren't they? Well, they're built for purpose, which is to be big, huge boxes for people to live in. Yes. You know, there's nothing glamorous about them. And there was, used to be a playground where they put some more sort of uh, council houses. But that I was saying to Paul, I used to roller skate or play in that playground. And it was at the back of my house. My dad used to stick his head out and go, Eli! Eli! And then all the kids would take the piss out of me because he, he had an American Eli's accent. dad is shouty. Yeah, He's American dandy. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Something like that. And then you go, OK, daddy boy, I come skeeter scatting on me little That's exactly how I sounded. And, and it's you, uncanny. You roller skated all the way home. Yes. And papa. But anyway, we're down... I play with the children? We've walked down through te the Templar estate and we're passing a number three in one of these buildings, right. which I distinctly remember as a child 
was they kicked a hoarder out. There was someone who died or had to be moved who was a yeah. big, overweight guy who hoarded. And it hit the flat. And some, for some reason, the flat was open and all the kids, the local kids, including me, had access to it. And it was full of crap, like a hoarder's place. Like, it stank really bad. Like, but there was all these, these piles of comics, Marvel. And I was into those at the time. And it was like, we grabbed some and we came out. I'm sure it was number three. So you stole the comics from a dead man? It was a child. I didn't know any better. Looking back on it, I realised he must have been a hoarder who had mental health problems and got moved out. But we were just like, hey, it's But the open, upside right? is you got a fucking Iron Man 1976 think, you know, out of it or you something. You know what I think I found was some Indiana Jones comics. Oh, do you know what's spooky? So I'm not going to go into all the details, but we had to clean out our room recently, me and my partner. We had Indiana Jones comics. Loads of Indiana Jones comics. That was quite a long run, the Marvel Indiana Jones. They did quite a lot of them, didn't they? Well, these were all like... these. The comics I've got came out before Temple, so it was all featuring the characters of Raiders, and it was all like... To be honest, a little bit racist. It's all like Indiana Jones dealing with Umaguma tribes and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Why does racism keep popping up all the time? The world was so racist. The world still is racist, because all... Because when we run out of things to hate people for legitimately, we just fall back on fucking lazy, broad stereotypes. Whilst we're on that topic, at the beginning of the Dangerous Davis, The Last Detective film, Paul... Rat! Oh, yeah, I saw a rat. Oh, mate, it was, it was a, a huge... I thought it was a cat. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it was... But there it is, it went again. Where? It, it ran across those steps and then straight back, but it was a huge oh, fucker. Anyhow... Whoa! Anyhow, at the beginning of the Dangerous Davis film he gets called to deal with a man who won't leave his lodgings no and no. the man is a black individual and to pr- and, and to make sure people know that outside the color of his skin they dress him up in like faux african yes, kind like of tribal wear something yeah yes and it's all very problematic and cringy uh, but then funnily enough they must have had some awareness the filmmakers because the next scene is dangerous davis entering the police station and there's a black officer mm. there and so it's like, you know what I mean? They're, try- they're obviously aware, but it's, I don't know. I don't know, know if that was in the novel. Well, or- here's the thing. I think, because he's a Welsh writer, I wonder if he's a Welsh writer imagining what North West London was like, yeah. or whether he actually lived here, and part of it is slightly autobiographical in terms of the areas. I think maybe, because it is very specific, the kind of, it is set in northwest London, and they're specific places, aren't they? Well, that's Which why we, we watched it, because we kept sitting there going, oh, where's that road? What's that? Who's that? Where's that? Is that there anymore? Yes, you cannot have the this. delight, which is the pleasure of the film that we got. We got pleasure from look, noticing the places. Now, also, just to mention, um, Paul, what was I going to say? I talked about a rat. Oh, then no. Then we saw a... Borders, and then, uh, then we talked about the racist guy. That oh, yes. Out. Now, when he, he puts a bin on his head, does he? He put uh, Bernard Cribbins puts a bin on his head because he knows he's probably going to get whacked. And that's why they called him in to do it because he seems to be the he's like their he's like a stuntman police officer, isn't he? He sort yeah. of get. Is there a chance a police will get beaten? Send in dangerous Davies first. Anyway, what ends up happening is he gets smashed over the head by the occupant yeah. uh, with a mirror, right? And then all the other police officers, like the the bobbies rush in and tramp and stand on top of the mirror and stand on top of Dangerous Davis and trample him. And that's it. And then in the next scene, he goes, oh, it wasn't the guy who hurt me. It was all the police officers treading on me, which is foreshadowing, Paul, of the, the, corruption the denouement the of the yeah. film, which is his boss is the actual... But anyway, yes. Joss Ackland. Don't you think that could be seen as sort of foreshadowing? It's like the police are the baddies. The, it, the, 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 the rot is within. He Maybe. gets hurt by the police. It I is think foreshadowing. It was that, I think it's it was foreshadowing. Mo- no, I think I'm going to say foreshadowing. 
I think it was more down to the fact that they just wanted the daft little intro where he gets beaten up for a laugh. Yes. And which it will happen four more times throughout the film. Yes, and gets tiresome as fuck. Anyway, <laughs> here, this is the Templar Estate, Paul. There you go. I grew up around here. Great. Again, I hope this episode scored by Madonna's This Used to Be My Playground, because fucking hell, every single one of these walks has been attached to an Eli story memory. I, I remember when I was walking down the street and Papa would take me for a <laughs> little walk. I him Papa. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, next location. Do you know what I will in- say, though? It's funny, because you know we talk about, like, Brexit and I- immigration and all this stuff now, and we think it like it's a hot topic. At the beginning of the film, it's like... So, yeah, the whole beginning of the bit talks about how Everywhere in London, people are at war with each other. The Irish and, and, and the things, Arabs, and, and the Arabs and Jews, and, and, he, and, and the and very sort of Indians and Pakistan. You know what I mean? It's and like, he talks about warring African tribes, which is very unfortunate, really, yeah. isn't it? Um, and he says, and then the few remaining original English. So there's this whole sort of post-colonial sort of uh, sentiment behind it, isn't it? But there? it's funny, you it's know? the same sentiment that still exists 40 yeah, years on. because it's a bullshit sentiment. It's post-colonial, it's Brexit, yeah, exactly. It's this idea that Britain was once this kind of very Pure, precise, yeah. very white, very kind of... It's it's a country, it's the country it's never been. Yes. Because it's always been a bastard nation, yeah. made up of the hundreds and hundreds of different other countries that have swarmed through here at yeah. one point. So, you know, it's an it's interesting snapshot of a London, of a Britain, that has this idea in its head of a country that never really existed. Yes. And that's the interesting thing about Dangerous Davies in many respects, is that he puts himself as like the kind of the last lone gunman on the on the horizon of, yes, of old and new Britain. Yes, but he's not a racist, he's a compassionate he's no, portrayed he, as a he's compassionate not, man, isn't he? But the An environment the world, man, the world that they're building up is kind of like Britain is is, is not the country it used to yes, be, and there are a few these, yes, all of these good people. old yeah. it's like a kind of there's still a few good old British people and Dangerous Davies is one of them, but actually his character is a bit more empathetic. Yeah. Well, a lot more empathetic. Now we're coming round onto Shoot Up Hill. This is Shoot Up Hill. Opposite Kilburn Station. And yeah. where's our next location? Our next location will be uh, Kilburn Library in Queen's Park, which is where he does it uh, with, his, with his sidekick, who is played by... Bill Mayhew, I think it was. I can't remember now. I said it before. Yes. Uh, all right. No, no. I've just, just <laughs> said it before. I fucking said it already. <laughs> I fucking this did. This is Kilburn Station. Um, Many and a time we came past here to buy drugs from a dodgy place above a stupid Just down hole. there. That's shut. Yeah. Anyway, Good. look at this. It's a beautiful metropolitan <coughs> rail bridge from 1914, which is beautiful, isn't it? What's it say? Something me- metropolitan. It says metropolitan railway. Is this well, that's the what Met? it was a railway. And, but, yeah, but the Met doesn't. The funny thing is, that's for the Met, the Met line. Yeah. And it doesn't stop here in Kilburn, does it? No. It goes past, doesn't it? It goes If you get the this fast train up line to Harrow, that stays here. You, you, t- you can get the Met line up to Harrow, can't yeah. you? And it just goes through this station. It goes through. That's a lovely bridge, isn't it? Just take a picture of it. Yeah, I'll take a picture. Take a lovely little picture. Because, yeah, it used to be an, a, a main line rather than a under, uh, yeah. part of the underground. So, uh, yes. So we're going to move on to our next location now. Uh, join us there. Why don't you? Have you ever thought how many people around here are actually at war with each other? We've got two religious lots of Irish. Hostile African tribes, Indians and Pakistanis, Jews and Arabs, and some of the original British. Magic life for a copper, excitement, glamour, and for me, the start of an incredible story. Right, so here we are at our next major location. Oh, it's dripping. It's drippy, but we are at a bandstand in Queen's Park, North West London, where one of the scenes of the film took place with 
Bernard Cribbins and Pam St. Clement starring as Mrs. Norris, the mother of the deceased child. And you all might know Pam St. Clement as... In Britain, in Britain. As Pat from EastEnders. Leave it, Frank. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was no. that was the role, wasn't it? And she was actually quite a, a well-spoken, sort of posh-speaking person who was a, a, a stage actress as well. Did you know that? Yes. Um, and like did Shakespeare and was like proper proper sort of highfalutin stuff. And I mean, having looked at the scene again today, Paul, she really is sort of a bit over-egging all the sort of Cockneyisms she's putting in, like bleeding, gourd. She gourd says bleeding, all oh, gourd bleeding. That He's place, that that down the job place with the nurses, what looking for a job, Gord, Gord Blimit, Gord, that girl, Gord knows it, Blimit, Blimit, Rivet, Rivet, Rivet. So in this scene, uh, he is talking because here's because the basic plot is he accidentally finds this kind of cold case of this missing, uh, presumed dead girl. And blah, 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 he talks to the mother, who, you know, quite rightly, she's like, oh, they never caught him, yeah. you're not going to catch him, oh, I think it was this guy, it was that guy. You know, it's a, it's a moving, powerful scene. It's a scene that uh, covers a few locations, because they walk around the park and they also go into a calf, don't they? Which we will go to in a minute, because we believe it is still there. They have a cup of tea at the, at the calf. Um, do you think I should get a cup of tea, just for the sake of... Um, I think you should. Realism. Now, this is Queen's Park, again... A park I used to come to a lot. Um, and I used to work in Queen's Park. And used to work near here. It's ve- it's quite, um, it's like Hampstead or something, isn't it? In that Queen's Park is sort of, it's like the upmarket end of Kilburn. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of Well, if you walk off the high street, because we just came from the high street and it's kind of, you know, seen better days, that fucking high street. And you come off it and all of a sudden you're in this kind of quiet... Um, almost countrysidey little uh, n- nugget of London. The park was actually opened in 1887, and the the station opened two years later. So it's all part of the development of this part of London in the Victorian era. You know what's funny? It's like we just watched that scene back to get a grip of where we are and where everyone was, and it's like it feels like it's the exact same day. It's that grey, so drab, cold. Yeah. It's a very cold, wet, drab day today. Yes, we haven't done a cold, wet, drab cheap show unless you count. The previous 250-odd episodes. <laughs> and this bandstand was refurbished because it's much barer than when we saw it in the film just now. Well, that was 81, and this sign says here, 87 for the centenary. So they may have done it around then. So a few years later, six years later, it was it got a new fence, basically. And it's got some ironwork. Yeah. What do you think of the ironwork, Paul? I hate it. I'll tell you why. Because I think if they hadn't have coloured in those flower things, it would have looked all right. But as it stands, it looks like we're outside the shittest ride at Southport Pleasure Beach rides. Yeah, it does. It's not a great paint job. It looks like we're about to go on the Hungry Caterpillar mini roller coaster <laughs> yeah. for kids. It's got that kind of feel to it. And, you know, there is a golf course here in, in Queen's Park. Do you know that? No. Like a, like yeah, a like, mini putter putt. Well, it's not mini or crazy. It's, um, it's just small. Like a pitch and putt. Yes, that's right. You know your golf terms. Well, my dad you? used to go to a pitch and put it's near me. It's only nine holes. It's sort of half the size of a normal... But it's where there. you can get your practice in. Yeah. Improve your backhand. I no, that's tennis. Got... <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my backhand every night. Backhand. I wank, I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, there's not enough wanking in this Oh, she's go... where's she going? She's going over, going over the, the fence. fence. Oh, you can go through it. I can go through there. Should we do that? Well, maybe. Can we? Yes. Oh, she's... No. It's happened. She's going for a jog. She's, we, she's I a jogger. Go, I want to go through that. Why? That it doesn't go anywhere. Because it's think. exciting! I'm having an exciting psychogeographical time, and you will not ruin it. Today, you won't ruin it, Paul. Right, I've got other stuff to say. Oh, God. Maureen Lipman 
We're, we're going to get to more. We're, 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 How are we going to fit her in? I'd like when to we do the, when we get to the other bit where we maybe go past what we think might have been the place where they filmed his house. Oh, with the horse and the library. We can mention it there because it's meant to be all in the same area. We couldn't find Maureen Lippman's flat because when we did an image search for that particular block of flat she's in, it, it came up with a thousand other generic blocks of flats and that could be similar. In Cardiff. Yeah. So we think it may have just been a second unit thing. Where they just said we just need the exterior of, but his car arrives, doesn't it? His car, and it looks the weird thing is it looks it, like there's like a lot of empty like, space around the like, flat. Yeah, so it looks like Northwest London. It could easily be. Yeah. I honestly thought, honestly, it was a flat in Bournemouth because oh. it had this weird kind of Bournemouth flat feel. Oh. I don't know. Anyway, the point is, we'll talk about Maureen fucking Lippman later when you get your fucking rod out and give yourself a backhand or something. <laughs> Spoiler alert: Cam- yeah. Maureen Lippman camel toe. Sweatsuit camel toe. All right, fuck it, calm yourself. <laughs> so we're at the bandstand. This is where we, we thought we'd come to the scene where uh, Mrs. Norris and Dangerous Davies decide to have a cup of tea and a chat about the case. And you know what? Now that we're here, isn't it lovely? It is. It is lovely. It's a bit cold. But, uh, it's a bit nippy on the tits. Now we're gonna we're gonna look and see how much of the original uh, calf survives because it's quite different. The bandstand, isn't it? Well, it, it was white in the film, wasn't it? It was white and there was none of this fence work which they put in for the 87 centenary, obviously. Yeah. I liked it more plain. Do you know what I mean? Do you more know why open. I think they put a fence around it? To stop naughty kids having their wicked fun. Kids can get it through. I mean, it's a very low fence. Even I can get over that fence. No, nah, you couldn't get over that fence. You oh, couldn't. That? Yeah, I you can, couldn't. I can get in there. Do I'll it. get in there. Go on, get in there now. He's, gonna, he's going up the steps. His little it? legs, will they go over the big fence? I do this. You are? I shouldn't do this, should I? You used to say you could, though, I didn't can. you? I can. Yeah, but until I see you do it, it's just all words, isn't it? There you go. Hey, he's over. <laughs> he's on. Police! Police, naughty boy! There's a naughty boy, police! This is with completeness. We've done it now. They don't actually go in here in the film, do they? No, they just right. walk past it's it. It's completely useless, yeah. So I'm stuck in here now. Yeah. So let's go on to the calf now and see if it stands. Because even in the 81 film, the, st- the calf's in pretty bad condition. Because, yeah. like, half the signs on the wall have fallen off. Yeah. And, like, even then, I think the wall's ice cream advert was, like, at least a decade out of date. Yeah, it looks really in bad shape, so it definitely will all be gone, all the original detail from the film. Well, let's have, a, let's, let's have a quick walk past then, and we'll... You can join us there <laughs> even though they're going nowhere they're sitting down listening they like it. where they the walk it's all shuffle shuffle all shuffle shuffle let's give them a bit of the asmr shuffle walk no that doesn't you're doing it wrong it doesn't sound like no that's too heavy footed it needs to sound like this all right let's go to the calf then do you happen to know where Mr. Boot is these days? Finchley or Mill Hill or somewhere like that runs one of them sex shops. Does he? Suit him, it should. Did they give you her clothes back eventually? Police? Mm. Yes, I got them back. White blouse, green mini skirt, white socks and shoes. You still got the clothes, Mrs. Norris? Yes, but they're hidden away. I'm not showing them to you nor nobody else. No, I understand. Can I have another couple? There's a place over there. Yes, I can do one myself. It'll go on expenses, won't it? No, I'll fiddle it, make a profit. <laughs> and here we are at the Park Cafe. Yes, and it has seen a lot of changes since 81 when the film was made. They've done a whole extended bit 
where where the characters in the film were sitting is now indoors, but it was outdoors in the film, Paul. Yeah, which means uh, that where they were sitting to have their conversation would just be where that kind of, um, uh, what's that awning is? It's a, it's awning. a canopy. Canopy. No, that's something you eat. Like, is it? Yeah, like a shrimp toast or something. So what's a, so Miniature can, shrimp toast. I don't mind if I do. Canopy, canopy. Or a little volivon. That's more 80s, isn't it? They yeah, were all, all over the Everyone point. Everyone had volivons. Volivons were crazy all up in everyone's face in the 80s, weren't they? Especially and at Christ- you know Christmas. Yeah. And they're disgusting. Yeah, they're it's like a little pastry bowl full of mushroom puke. Yeah. You know what I mean? in, a, in a nutshell. In it, a, no, in a, in a pastry bowl. It's, it's, it's fungi snorting. Not a nutshell, Paul. Oh. In a fa- stop saying in a nutshell and then I'll stop making jokes like that. Oh, okay? In a nutshell, I'll stop. <laughs> no, because we're outdoors. We're not in a nutshell. Are we? Maybe all the world Maybe the is world a is a nutshell. <laughs> so, in there's the tennis court. There's the tennis court where they sat. and Because it's still there. That's how we've managed to position them from the film. It's definitely the, the tennis courts were behind them, weren't they? When yeah. they were having and then that's seat. where she walks off that way towards the end. Because right. she walks off that way. Because he goes, uh, do you think he did it? And she goes, oh, I don't know. Bloody Jack the Sodding Ripper bleeding. Well, no, because she tells him about the pawn shop owner. So, the uh, next scene is the pawn shop. So, we've done the locations in reverse order. Because because of what we had to do but this scene is followed by the garden of ooh la la which ooh is la no, la. another that's what uh, what my old mum used to call her fanny <laughs> oh your dad was up inside my garden oh, of ooh la la last night oh you shouldn't have done that oh Eli <laughs> let me tell you about the day you were conceived well your dad got right into my garden of ooh la la and then the garden gates of the and then he splashed a load of volleyvon something don't talk about my dad. You're mate. the one. You, hey, mate, you are the one going, here's where I used to live. That was a great thing. We were up that street where you used to live. You went, this is my house. I used to climb out the window. Now, wait there. Two doors down. This is the house I used to climb out the window. Wait, no, it's this one. <laughs> we went to up. three different houses before you decided which one was yours. They all look the same, don't they? They're Victorian two up, two downs or whatever. Shut your mouth. That looks like him, doesn't oh, it? Oh, fuck off. It does, actually, doesn't it? I've seen your dad. It doesn't look I've peaked on like... him. I've peaked on him when he's been working at Oxfam. Now, and every now and then I keep thinking, shall I go in and introduce myself and say... Have you seen him in there? Yeah. Because it's funny, because I, when I went in, I, I, on site, I would never have thought that was your dad. There's not a com- huge fa- facial similarity. Less now. But Less you know now. how it changes yeah. different times in your life. Yeah. Like if you look at a picture of my dad when he was my age, wow. Oh, really? Yes. And I think that's more. That's generally true of people. Well, I think it's. You're at the same age as as your father or your brother. You look very similar at that age. I Do you guess. see what I mean? Yeah. So I went in and I, I he was I went around and I saw this little man and he was looking at books and going in out of the back room to change stock. And when he started speaking, that's when he gave it away because he had that kind of soft. Atlantic twang, kind of American twang, American. softened by years of yes. British. Well, he, speaks, he speaks English, English. The dialect is English, English. So when he speaks, he puts the U's in the words like through or yes, you can hear the borrow. U's. No, but of course not. But he speaks with a very a soft American accent. Yeah. yeah. But the actual what you know what I mean. The word he wouldn't say diaper. He'd say nappy. Yeah. For example. And so anyway, that man looked like him. No, he did. <laughs> he did. Also, if we're going to talk about. There's a police station. We're going to go look at the library where uh, Davis uh, does his research. With or is it? Mate. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're going to see that. That's Kilburn Library. Yeah. Which is confusing because it's not in Kilburn. It's in Queens Park, but it's known as Kilburn Library, which means this whole area was probably more known as Kilburn before they built the park and the station. You know. Yeah. Um, but on the corner there is a police station, and I used to go there when I was a little guy. I used to go there and do police lineups for a tenner. And you turn up, you know, half an hour before, do the lineup, and they'd give you cash. 
Were you never worried about being fingered for a criminal by accident because you just looked like the person they happened to be looking for? Fingered for a criminal by accident. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, you were never fingered. No, f- f- did they, were you ever fingered as a result of doing the police lineup for a tenner? I was. Were you ever fingered for a tenner, mate? <laughs> <laughs> if I was fingered, Paul, obviously, it's. I don't know what you've been watching too much Hollywood films or something, but no one. You can't get arrested for a crime if you are one of the lineups who isn't the suspect, can you? It doesn't matter if they finger you. They just go, oh, you know, it's, it's just. It's bad evidence. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. It doesn't matter. You, you were never worried, though. Unless they go, it's definitely, it actually definitely was him. And then they may ask me about my whereabouts at the time, yeah, which yeah. they didn't. But the thing was, they were all proper junkies. What, the who, police? No, the people. a lot. The other people doing the, um, oh. doing the lineups with so me. They were very much sort of, yeah, they were talking like exchanging opiates and, and Valiums oh. and stuff and talking about methadone and stuff, I seem to remember. They all seemed really nice. It wasn't like what, an the unfriendly. Yeah, the police. The druggies. Yeah. And it was almost like a little community vibe with all the people who did the lineups, you know. All right, Bob, I'm seeing you. Well, yeah, yeah last time I saw and you, you were fingered stuff. for a crime. Yeah, that type of stuff. And um, and also, I think there was a rule where if you got to, if they cancelled it or something, they'd still have to pay you, and then they have to pay you 15 quid for the next one or something like that. So they were all trying to work it to get as many lineups done in a day as you could, so you could get the money. How you know, could you do in a day? Two or three, maybe. Really? And that, you're laughing. 30 quid. I guess. Um, anyway, so that's my little memory there. We'll walk past that police station, Paul, on our way to the library. We're going to look at the library next. Yes. Um, and then that is unchanged since the days of the film. We might see if we can stroll by the lodgings of Dangerous Davies. We're going to look down the street where I think it is, but again, the houses are all quite similar. Yeah. But we'll see what can we see down there. Then we're going to get on the canal and we're going to look at the, uh, the psychic lady... Who help? Oh, who yeah. has the has the the murdered girl's bicycle in her? Oh yeah. Um, that's quite a distinctive building, and I believe that's still there. With that all arches, it's all based on on round arches. Her yeah. whole place, and it's on the canal. Um, and then we're going to end with the cemetery. Well, the, we walk, continue going up the canal to where, where it goes through the cemetery. There's a distinctive water tower up there. Is that the big one of the big seven or something? They say it cemeteries. Is one of the big seven, Kensal uh, Rise Cemetery. Yeah. yeah. There's others. There's like Highgate and. Oh, Kensal Green, sorry. It's Kensal Green, not Kensal yeah. Rise is the other side. Yeah, yeah, Kensal Green Cemetery. Yeah, the big, se- the Magnificent Seven is what they're known as. Yeah. Highgate, that, and Nunhead in South London, which would be a nice place for us to go because apparently you can go to Nunhead and it's like one of these parts of South London that's on a hill and you can see it all the way across the city to Highgate. Highgate, yeah. yeah. It wasn't that purpose on purpose, though? It was built to be a yeah, place well, opposite. Had, but I mean, the, they, the Magnificent Seven came about because they had a huge crisis at the time uh, too many dead. too many dead there was a story at one point where i think it was near crouch end they wanted to build a huge black pyramid for the dead that would have been cool, I, i'm gonna have it? to get the facts for that but i'm pretty sure the plan was to build a huge super mausoleum near crouch end to put loads yes. of dead people well there were two necropolises built cities of the dead and you can get the, the train lines were built to them yeah that's right yeah i don't know where they are but they're sort of outside i wonder that's where, if that's where the idea of a ghost train came from you know, the idea of the, the, a train carrying the dead to I a mausoleum. I think that's probably... These days, they just call it the fucking Northern Line. They don't... They don't... Let's get out of here quick. No, I just want to finish with one little other uh, bit of trivia about yeah. Queen's Park. Queen's Park Rangers. Have you heard of that football team? That's, I have heard This of is them. Queen's Park that they're based on. It's not really a fact so much as a... All right. I don't but know what you not, want. They're not based around here anymore. But they still keep the name for the Queen's No, Park. the old QPR, yeah, they moved to another fucking... Yeah, they go.
Something like that, innit? Football Let's make talk. Our way, Paul, now. Which way are we going now? To, we're going to Kilburn Library in Queen's Park. And we're going to have a little look and see the police stations there, see if there's a... Yeah, see what we can find. See if we can do a line-up, because I could do with a tenner. Tell you what, I've got a tenner on me. How about I line up and finger you? <laughs> like Turn what, the thing off. Put you up against the back of a policeman's wall uh, and I give you a fingering. Uh, why don't you I'll fucking you for me. a big crime. Fist me. <laughs> I have to pay a 50 quid. Get some saline gel no, on your ten, glove and fist me. It's ten pound a finger. I'd have to not spend 50 quid on you, mate. I'm worth it. <laughs> Ram's car. Always used to come around and mooch about when Celia was there. Always had his hands on her bottom, that sort of thing. But he'd try with any female between the age of eight and eighty. I must go. If you want me, tell Josie. She works at Antoinette's, that hairdresser's in the ice street. Yes, I will. Um, I'm sorry it's been so painful for you. I hope I can do something. Oh, one thing. Do you think Ram's car could have caused Celia's death? Gold knows. He was checked out by the police. So was Jack the Ripper, I expect. Right, Kilburn Library next to Kil... Uh, well, it says Kilburn Library next to Kilburn Police, but it's actually in Queen's Park. That's right. Uh, there are two libraries in North London, Paul, called Kilburn Library. One is over there in, in the borough of Camden, but this here, we're in the borough of Brent. Um, funny, it's a very distinctive building, and it is used by Dangerous Davis to do research. No, his... He meets his mate here, who's very good at research, isn't he, the Welsh guy? What tends to happen is, he follows the lead, he gets beaten up, he goes to the hospital, and then he meets up with his mate at this library to then forward the plot on, yes. so they can go to another place, yeah. get beaten up, yeah. end up in a hospital, and then move on. It's quite repetitive and boring as a film. It's only until uh, I watch it on the second go did I realise that that was a structure. Yeah. He walks in, gets beaten up, goes to the hospital, meets his mate, figures out another clue, goes and has an investigation, gets beaten up, goes to the... and repeat... You know, an interesting detail, Paul, if you look up at the top of this library, there's a little thing that says knowledge is power. Yeah. And that's funny in relation to the film, because in the film it's about uncovering knowledge that's been buried deeply, and the baddie is the one who's in power. So the knowledge he has of his own crime is, is powerful. Well, he, I'll go further, right? He, Joss Ackland, spoiler warning <laughs> for a 40-year-old film, but Joss Ackland, it, it's, it, it's his own fault he gets nicked. Because if he hadn't put Dangerous Davies on that case, which was tangentially related to the murder the case... The sort of subplot case, which is about a gangster, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's like the A plot suddenly just disappears and the B plot yeah. becomes the actual plot. Yeah, yeah. And so if he hadn't have, you know, sent him on, he would never have had his case revealed and the yes. crimes, you know, so uh, exposed. Knowledge, yes, knowledge is power. Yeah. So, and he didn't have knowledge. No. He had power, but he didn't have knowledge. He didn't. Now, it's a nice building... Um, we just poked our head inside, and um, it's the exact same location. No. And also, you know that, you know there's like four or five scenes set here? You know they were all filmed on the same day, yes. right? And it was like, right, this is scene 76, and you've got like a head bruise now, and it's, your head's wrapped up, and you've got a leg yeah, in a cast. The continuity changed because of his injuries, his various injuries. There must have been a box to the side between takes where it was like, right, this is the latest network. This is day this. this is, there weren't a lot of huge gaffes. It, the whole thing has a sort of cheap feel. Um, and also, it's a TV movie feel directed by a guy who'd been filming since the 50s. Yes, know. but they do actually use real interiors, don't they? It's it, not that yeah. hasn't got, got that TV feel where it's like outside is on film and then as soon as they go inside, it's like the TV video, cameras. Yeah, yeah that's, it doesn't have that. No, it uh, looks like a little TV movie. Yeah. Um, Maureen Lippmann. The, the, the Paul, the elephant in the room is Maureen Lippmann's camel toe in this film. Her sweatsuit. Elephant's foot. 
her sweatsuit camel toe. Uh, Maureen Lippman has a sort of cameo role as one of the witnesses. Uh, no, she was she's... friend. She was friends of the murdered girl. They were friends, weren't they? Was it? I thought she was dallying around with the main bad guy who you thought was... No, no, no. She was her friend. She was friends of the murdered girl and knew the bad guy through... Who was she married to? Because there's a whole thing about oh, her husband. she was married to... A... Yeah, she was married... I don't know. Anyway, the it's point It's a very is, complicated plot. I think it was uh, uh, Maureen Lippmann's sort of stock-in-trade character at the time, wasn't it? Was a sort of frustrated, sort of suburban... Housewife. Thing. Housewife. She plays a widow, obviously, in, in this film. She likes green, doesn't she? She likes green. It's very sort of nouveau riche, isn't it? It's chintzy and it's sort of... it's um, Everything in her flat looks like it's been painted in avocado bathroom green. And, and uh, it's, it's very much coded as nouveau riche because there's the whole gaudy sort of pineapple uh, lamp in the, her, her scene and that's very much a sort of uh, a status symbol sort of thingy, An isn't it? An like, of, like, the, the newly rich. Yes. Yeah. Which goes back to Ren's time. because Even gonna... her pussy is, is dyed green in the film isn't it? She has a blue-green cat. She has is a that, green cat? Yes. She has a great green pussy. She does. And That, has, that apparently has been neglected for a while. No wonder if it's gone green. It, she tries to seduce uh, Davis in the in the lift after they'd had several creme de monde. Green! Again, green! Yeah, green is green. Now, we've tried, Paul, on this walk today to, to gather stuff that they ate and, and drank in the film. Suet pudding, we creme have, de monde. And scotch. We got and the scotch. We got the scotch, everybody! Hey. Uh, creme de Mont is impossible to find. It's weird. It's very out of, out of fashion, I guess. It's, you know what? When you say creme de Mont to me, all I can see is like Abigail's party, 1970s, yes. you know, very much vol au like And it's disgusting. I once got drunk on it because it was the only thing we could uh, oh. steal. And I vomited. I bet your sick smelt like fucking yeah. drain cleaner. Minty sick. Minty green sick. Now. Mild green, minty vom vom. But... So she plays this sort of uh, character she played a lot, Lippmann, yeah. in this, but she's quite young. She well, seems she quite zesty. What? In her, like, 30, 30s or something? Early 30s? She must have been. Yeah. She's, she's, quite, she's quite hot, is what I'm trying to say. It's I, weird, because every scene oh, of them together is a kind of a, is a, is a build-up on the last one in terms of booze, where, like, yes, he's always bringing in booze totally to a pub. Pissed, yeah. They go to two pubs or something, yeah, and yeah. then it's like, do you want to come back to my well, place? Well, she like. tries it in the lift, doesn't she? And she presses him into her her She zips her... her, 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 her Tracksuit? Because she's wearing sort of a, a green track, track suit. sort of a shell suit, sort of tracksuit number. A proto a shell proper, suit. Proper camel toe showing through, and oh, not proper, just a bit, a, a hint of. A hint of toe. If you, if everyone hasn't picked up on this, I fancy Maureen Lippman in this he film. Does, I'm sorry. He does. She don't half give me the own in this film. I well, bet you'd like to cancel her culture. Do you know she, who she reminds me of? Bringing pickles into this. I thought you were going to say your mum then for a minute. <laughs> Shut up about my mum, <laughs> Mrs. Aylsham. Who's that? On the pickle jar. You know, sweet pickle halves or whatever. Hot dills. You know, Mrs. Aylsham. She's like the woman uh, who's like, looks like Maureen Lippmann. Pickle, this is all beginning pickle to make connection. sense. The, the, the pickle connection between your little dirty pickle and, and exactly. Maureen Lippmann's... Um, no, can I just also add, it's not dirty, my little pickle. It's very clean. It is very salty, though, and bitter to top bite. <laughs> <laughs> Warty. Right, come on. Right, let's go and try and now? find Dangerous Davies' house. Now, this we'll may be the least successful part of the whole uh, scouting mission today. Well, Paul. there are a few locations we can't go to, such as the lady who lives in the caravan site, yes. the policeman's wife who's out in the middle of the road, and then there's also the, the psychiatric ward, which is filmed 
outside in a country. Two locations, one for the entrance to it and one for the... the it's the like he drives up to a county lane of the thing and then when they cut to the actual location, you can see the main road and all the cars yeah, and stuff. It's, it's like, it's yeah. obviously two different places. Now, and then the mad old woman, one. the mad old woman with the gun, remember? Stick him up! Yes. Come with me! Yes. It's like, mm, yeah distasteful to the treatment of mental health yes. and stuff but I then, mean, everything is is not is problematic these days isn't it when you look back on it but uh, but that's its charm the isn't locations it? aren't problematic are they it's no. a lovely library it's fine knowledge so is let's power. go find our next one we're going to go down bronzebury road if you see just there to the left Paul. yeah and there's definitely ha it's definitely in this sort of area between queen's park and kilburn high road where his house is but it's it's impossible to know the exact location let's see if we can see a house let's that looks be detectives yeah. ourselves and see if we can track down this location Let's see how it goes. Oh, Maureen Lipman, I'd like to mourn in your lean lips. No, I've got one, I've got one, I've got one. Oh, oh Maureen Lipman, I'd like to split your lips, man, and stick it in between them. And I want to do it. Maureen Lipman, I want your quim. Put it on my Lipman, Lipman, lip. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody see you come up? No, I don't think so. Oh, good. I mean, I just so know that it would have been all over the flats. Move, Limey. I've never seen a green cat before. <laughs> Very pricey to get her dyed. Mind you, makes a talking point at dinner parties. Yeah. Well, I suppose I'd better tell you why I'm here. Well, I know I haven't been wicked. Well, not in a way the police will be interested in anyway. So we've been up and down Bronzebury Road. We've had a good look and no dice for the lodgings of Dangerous Davies. Although we came close, we think. Uh, it's definitely around here somewhere because the rest of the film is set around here, Paul. So it's just, uh, it's just logic, isn't it? It's just logic. We could traipse up and down all the live long day and never find it. And Bronze I don't want to. A little detail about Bronzebury Road. Uh, Amy Winehouse used to live here. Did she? she moved back to Camden, yeah. Even though this was in 1981, the character of Dangerous Davis is portrayed as living in a lodgings, a lodging house where he gets his meals cooked by the landlady, which obviously was a thing. Do you well, think that is a thing now? Man, if you were an unmarried man and you, you know, Had you didn't have a lot of money, you'd no. live in lodgings and then the, the woman of the house would make, would make you dinner weird to think that it is weird because like it's such a it's such a specific part of like british culture from like post-war yeah. i think because yeah. i think it's a very much a post-war thing because there's a lot more single men i guess or whatever or lodging houses change but remember the old films of like no irish no blacks no whatever outside of, of lodgings deal, yeah it was definitely that kind of deal she's portrayed again as a sort of stereotypical sort of battle axe and she gets the suet pudding and she spoons out a whole loads of it and it's a massive suet pudding, isn't it? I mean, you, even we have failed to locate any suet pudding in London. I mean, I'm sure you could get someone to send you one. But no, by the way, anyone, do not send suet pudding. I don't want it. We're not going to have do. it. I'd love suet pudding. I'll put sauce on it. Ooh, saucy suet pudding. I'll put my knob in it. I'll cook my knob in the saucy suet pudding. I will not cook my knob. I do not cook I'm my knob. I'm going to let this peter out, mate, until... Oh, I won't peter out. I'll get my peter out and put it into a suet pudding. Right, good. My well, pecker. now there's people looking my at us is... because now you're shouting pecker and suet pudding out my loud. My pecker's in my pudding. Right. It's all slimy from the gravy. I was going to say, <laughs> that scene in Dangerous Davies where the, lo the lady of the lodger, who like, he has a contemptuous relationship with because later on he pushes a horse into her house that he yes. found on the street. 
him and his sidekick when they're drunk. There's a lot of drinking as well. A lot of drinking in oh. this, but not in a kind of cool way, in a kind of sad British pub day, kind of way. Every day, just standard drinking all the kind time. Nulling out the, the existence of your life yes. kind of drinking. But wait, wait, the scene is very, very, very similar, which means it was a trope of its time, especially to British comedy and drama in Count Your Convenience because right. you remember like it, that there's the old battle axe woman who runs, runs the and house, she's yeah. like it's there'll be dinner if you mi- don't come down for your dinner you'll miss it and I'll feed it to the dog yeah yeah okay yes yeah. so it's very much a trope filled sort of thing and he he doesn't want the suet pudding does he Davis no. he, he spoons it into a napkin when she's not looking doesn't yeah. he and, but he does like he has a sandwich at some point so at least he's eating it's a, food, it's a film more about booze than food put it that way the suet pudding does look kind of disgusting well, it looks like what it is. Yeah, but... An s- upside-down pasty cake with a lot of grizzle a in it. pasty cake, yeah. It's a pasty <laughs> cake. Yeah, a pasty it cake. Like a Invent something. Like, <laughs> a, like a honey tea. Pasty cake. And a honey tea. Yeah, well... To Paul's fucking misremembered dishes of the past cookbook. Oh, it's a sort of fish thing. <laughs> if you don't shut up, I won't share any of my jellied flan with you. <laughs> yeah, jellied flan. <laughs> right, so where should we go next, uh, then? You know, just one last thing on... Yeah. Uh, suet pudding, Paul. I, I like it. I like the sound of it. You like the sound of suet pudding. It's nice. Gravy and meat in a suet, in a in in fatty, floury suet. It's the sound of suet. Uh, we don't have creme de menthe either. We've mentioned that we're not getting creme de menthe, nor could we get it because it seems to be again a very particular age era specific drink. Now, we're going from here from our failure to find his lodgings house. Uh, we knew it was a bit... Do- we, it's it a crapshoot, un- isn't it? It's a bit of a crapshoot. Um, but we are going to see if we can find the psychic's house on the, on the canal now and make oh, our way oh, up yeah. that canal to... Uh, final destination. Uh, Kensal Green Cemetery. Join us, won't you? Did you put that horse in my house? Did you two do it? There's horses poop everywhere. Every bloody where. Up the passage, up the stairs, in the front room. Better get the jumping sheet ready. I think she's going to topple out any minute. We're on the bus. We're taking the 187 a few stops because we were a little bit tired and old to go to our next location. And we were just pontificating over how shit our lives were when we lived or worked around Queen's Park. Yeah, and we went past what used to be Jug's Foods, which is the worst job I ever had, making uh, pre-packaged food, l- lasagna and chilli and so forth for, for pubs. And it was it was £3.50 an hour, and uh, I stank of off meat all the time. Some would say I still do. I can vouch for that. Now, let's get off the bus, Paul, because we have... Uh, we, ne- we have to get off the bus here. We're at Kensal Rise Station. Get off the bus. Sweet. All right, we'll do that then. We need to look at the map, find out where the, the, the canal, Regent's Canal, closest entry point is to here. Yeah, because in the film, there's a little kind of alleyway between shops that goes down to it. Whether that's real or not, we don't know. Again, I don't think we'll find that, but we, I think we can find the psychic's house. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're looking for that. Maybe that's the school. Look at that building, that school. That school. Do you think that's the police station? It could be. Because it looks like it. It comes onto the same... Could oh. be. We'll have a look at that. We'll oh. have a look at that. Oh, just for the record, when I worked in Queen's Park, I was working for like a thing called Text Me TV, an overnight Sky channel where people could text in and chat. It was my job to curate the chat. And then I'd have to race home at six in the morning to try and catch the first bus. Um, and so Sundays were always my asthma mornings 
where I had I had three minutes to run a ten minute distance. <laughs> I almost invariably never got to the yeah. bus in time, but I did always have an asthma attack trying. So I fucking hated that job. Ten at night till seven in the morning. Similar to what I do at the BBC in many respects. My this life's is, not changed at all. This is is this Chamberlain Road we're on now? Bolton Gardens, Chamberlain Road. Yes, Northwest London. That's where, That's we, where are. we are. Outside. So I think that that look 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 at that school. And you tell me that doesn't look well, very similar to check, the location. Let's check on YouTube. You will check on YouTube now. So uh, we just got off the bus. Yeah, Jugs Foods. Wow. There was these big. I had a cauldron with a big metal paddle, and they give you a big tray of basically rotten beef mitts that stunk of egg. You know what I mean? And slightly grey, about to turn. Yeah, it was about. To, it turned, mate. It turned the corner, and you had to slop it in and cook it all up in there. Did the fucking 360 and walked out the door itself. Do you know what? Do you know what this says though. That's where we started. Look where we are now. Me and you, podcast giants. <laughs> One minute we're texting dirty old ladies to encourage them to use an online TV platform, or we're stirring bad mints in a pot. You too <laughs> could be doing a podcast. So here's. Yes. Is I mean, all jokes aside, Paul. I was thinking today. I am very grateful that I get to do this, and thank you so much, everyone, for supporting us. In these endeavours. Yeah, whether it's with Patreon or whether it's just a retweet or spreading the word, it really does mean the mostest. Mostest. Most gardens. Oh, stop. Most most in gardens. Okay, if we're talking about synchronicity. Yeah. When I got boost, we were talking about this episode. Yeah. And we I looked up Kilburn Library, the location, and then I got my booster notification, booster shot, and it said Kilburn Library. No, it was the other one. Uh, it turned out to be the other one. But I thought, what What are the odds of that? It's very, the very. It's Davis location. It wasn't. It turned out not to be. It was the one that's in Camden Borough rather than the Brent Borough one. Which for is a moment. Good. Right, I'll tell you what. I'm going to take a quick pause. I'm going to speak about this school. Yeah, to look at my phone. Where are you going to take it? I'm going to. In a nutshell. You're going to put it. In a nutshell. You're going to put it in my asshole. Up my asshole. I'm going to finger you. It's <laughs> what's going to happen. Look at the skies coming live. It's, sky. all, it's all happening. We need to get down to the Regent's Canal and find the actual locations. You're just speculating that this might be the school where they uh, that stood in for the police station in the film. But right, well, you know what? I'm just going to say it is. I'll check it later. I'll put pictures on the website to okay, see if it collaborates so our take information. Some of that. Oh, I'll take a photograph of that take school on the off of chance it ends up being. I'm going to do it now. And then we need to get to the all right, canal. Well, let's That's all what fucking I'm fucking do saying. it. Fine, we're going to do that right. <laughs> right, somebody digs down under an already prepared grave, buries her, then another body is buried on top. Yeah, I've been thinking about that myself, but I changed my mind. Why? Because she was seen walking along the towpath that night with a man in a dark suit. See, that night, Mod, I've got a witness. She's a witness? Well, he was a witness. He must be dead by now. I mean, nine years ago, he was over 90. But he made a statement at the time, and it was never recorded. I've checked through the files. I've looked right through, and it's not even mentioned. Man in a dark suit. And no hat. So it needn't rule out PC Fennel and PC Dudley, for example. I mean, from a distance, the, the uniform would look like a dark suit. And he could have been carrying the hat. Or even left it in the van. What's your knickers? Hmm? So we have uh, had trouble once again finding one of the locations, which is the flat of the psychic, who is pay, played by Patsy Rowlands in the film, who is a carry-on uh, star. She was in a few of the carry-on films. Again, my favourite one, Carrot Your Convenience. Is she in that? Yeah. And is that the one that has the landlady in the lodging house yeah, as well? Yeah, Scottish lodge. Well, dinner will be closed there. I won't lock, I'll lock the door at 11 o'clock and you won't be coming in, you wee shitey bastard. That's, Something like that. That's the other strange thing about the film. Isn't it, Paul? That it, ha although it's 
What's in here? Someone's oh, it's Dance we're studio. on the Grand Union Canal. Oh yeah, that's where uh, we are right now. For the location, which I thought I recognised when I saw the film, but I was being a bit over enthusiastic, wasn't I? I'm, I'm beginning to think it's in a different part of London altogether. You it know, it might be. It might be, but it looked like it had a canal at the back. Uh, I thought it might have been against the Thames, if I'm being honest. That's the other thing about the film I wanted to say, Paul. Although it's set, you know, it's 1981. It has a very sort of. Oh, it's all posh around here. Uh, it's all warehouses turned into. Oh, look, there's a Spider-Man. 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 There's a Spider-Man, man. Do you want to take a picture of that? I can't. There's Good, let's not do it then. Here's a sh sh metal Spider-Man. Right, oh, here's, what was the bit you wanted to talk about with the film? Although it's set in 1981, it has a very old-fashioned, dreary, sort of almost 1940s feel to it. Do you know what I mean? Like the, or like the 60s, like the carry-on era, that post-war sort of, you know, poverty and down, drabness. You know? Well, it's, de it's, it's depression not, it era... Britain, isn't it really? It doesn't have any yuppies or any of those things that you'd associate with the changes that were happening in the 80s. Do you know what I'm well, saying? It's a very working class uh, kind of story, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And it's interesting because there's so much we haven't talked about in the film, mostly because some of it takes place outside of London, like when they go visit the crazy old man and when they go visit the psychiatric place because the, the policeman who's lost his mind but then conveniently for the plot gets it all back to give very important evidence which would solve the film 90 minutes ago if he hadn't have been mad. I th this is a little note for them. I think that there's too many different characters and not enough action in the film, isn't there? In no, the every action scene is Just Bernard Cribbins walking yeah. in, getting hit by a bunch of men and then yeah. put into a bin and thrown yeah. in the river. And there's, Do you know what I'm saying, though? There's too many characters and not enough sort of plot, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like most of these murder mysteries. The plot is more about... You think you learn more about the plot by talking to the characters, but by and large, you don't. Yes. But I will say this. I will say this. I've got some facts. I want to get these out of the way, right? Because I thought this would be interesting. Here we go. Where's that top trivia gone? Trivia. It was the last film of actor Bernard Lee. And Bernard Lee was more famously known as M from James of Bond. Of course, I forgot. Yes, and he plays the sort of... D uh, the desk sergeant, isn't he? In the... In the in, um in Dangerous Davis's uh, police, police station. Um, but he does seem on the way out. I mean, he's mumbled his lines. He doesn't seem at the top of his game. He seems very elderly. I think, I think his last film was Moonraker, which was Isn't just before this. Film? Well, this is his last film, but his last Bond film was Moonraker. was Moonraker, and he looked noticeably old in that. And in this, he's very shaky. Yeah, because he, he, it's funny, because in Bond, he's like, Bond, come over here, Bond. Sit down, yes. God blast it, all the well, stupid hair brain He's lost all of that sort of robust, uh, that forthrightness, that strength in his... In the but then the character's is. much more kind of like, yeah, you know, all right, then Davis, how you yes, doing? Yeah, it's that kind yeah, of role, guess, isn't it? I guess, but you, do you know what I mean? You, you can see he's not a well man. I, I wonder if this is one of those small roles they gave him to help pay for his medical bills or something for, you know, like it was yeah. one of those... Yeah, but he obviously wanted to do it, so yeah. you know, good on him. Like, and uh, no, 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 but it's not it, a terrible thing. No, it's not at all. Your last film ever, but yeah, it's a couple of lines, great. couple of days, and you're working with Cribbins and Joss Ackland yeah. and yeah. half the cast of a Carry On film. Um, apparently, during the first flashback scene in the film, where Celia Norris, the girl who was murdered, is cycling across the road, she goes by two Austin Maxis. Uh, that, <laughs> however, that scene is set in 1965, and the Austin Maxi wasn't launched ah, until 1969. Ah. Error there, one I think for the <laughs> film boffins. Yes, um, but um, those flashbacks are all filmed in black and white. They use that technique, don't they, to separate it? Yeah. yeah. Crazy credits. Before, yeah. Initial caption in the opening credits reads: "This is the story of a man who became deeply concerned with the unsolved murder of a young girl. He was a born stumbler, but very patient, and very dogged." 
Yes, he's meant to be. He, he is like that archetype, that sort of the Columbo, the sort of dishevelled, but but um, determined detective, isn't he? Yeah. It's a very much an archetype of that of the police stories of that time, and also it's funny that he's not. He's not a private detective or a private investigator. He works for the police force, copper. doesn't he? But He's got a he, sad gumshoe thing going on. Yes. Uh, a bit like... Like uh, you with that hat on. Yes. And the the hat no one likes. No, they don't. They, they Touch say, your froth. I've been called on Twitter today a tinker, um, LL Cool J, and a touch of frost. Yeah, <laughs> which is what you look like. It's a fucking hat. Do you know what I mean? Just what? I, I have to... Conform to everyone, what everyone does, just drab. That oh, man who walked past us didn't like your hat either. Remember, he said. He, he attacked me in Patois, that guy, yes. Yeah, it's not about your hat, I don't blame him. Was it about my hat? I don't know. Oh, you said it was about your hat. I'm paranoid now about my hat. Should I take it off around here? No. Why? Do you think you're going to get beaten up for a hat related crime, a hat crime? Well, they'll say, you know, <laughs> it's like you're, a hate crime, but you're too the big e. for your boots with that hat. No one says that ever said to you, you're too big for any boots. Now, listen. All there's quotes here. Madame Tantarella, I couldn't see a future for us together, Dangerous Davies. If you couldn't, who could? She's the psychic. What made you propose marriage to a woman like that, says Maud Lewis, talking to Dangerous Davies about his wife, and Dangerous Davies says, it was a lack of conversation. There was an awkward silence. I couldn't think of anything else to say. Yeah, so he's divorced, isn't yeah. he, in this story? Sad sack man. It's a bit, you know, sad. Oh. So let's just update them on the location. We are now on the... Re- the Regents Canal, is it? Or it's not the Grand Union. It's the Regents. I don't know. This is the. If you follow this uh, canal round, you get to Paddington, and then you get to um, the zoo, and then you get to Camden. This we could get all the way oh, to, yeah, Camden to Camden on this. Yeah. So it's the Regents, I believe. Well, we're heading towards the final destination, where um, Kensal Green Cemetery. Yes. Where uh, a major plot point is discovered there. Oh, here's some more facts. Both Bernard Lee and Roy Stewart starred together in Live and Let Die. I don't care about that. The character was revived by Peter Davison in 2003. The same storyline was used for the pilot episode of that. So maybe we should watch the pilot episode really and see how it stacks up. We should. Uh, what else? It is the last film of Lucy Griffith. Don't know who that is. The last film of Avril Andrews. Don't know who that is. The last film of Roy Stewart. Roy Stewart. It's a lot of people's last film, isn't it? Yeah. Dangerous Davies' car was an Austin 8 Tourer, registration MFC664, probably built for military use but later remade as a civilian vehicle. Oh, he also has a dog, doesn't he? Yeah, in a kind of Columbo way. He has a dog that gets and in the, the way but doesn't do much. And the dog sort of tries to attack him when, uh, when Maureen Lippman tries to get off with him. Perhaps the dog is jealous because he can smell Maureen Lippman's lips. Or sweaty camel. No, no, <laughs> no. The dog was not in the film or out of the film because of its approximation to Maureen Lippmann's quim. <laughs> I think it was. It oh, anachronisms. In the scene on the train, so there's a scene where they get the Bakerloo line, don't they, somewhere, and he has a fight with oh, the yes, guy who... Oh, a lot of lovely footage of the old tube uh, carriages. That's what I love in that scene, where most of the film, Dangerous Davies is getting beaten up, but in that one, he somehow manages to find an abandoned uh, section of a tube train on the Bakerloo, where he can beat the shit out yeah, of a, a like, pawn yeah. shop owner, throwing him up and down the aisle. It's hilarious. Also, he throws him, and it's like he's got... <laughs> Superhuman strength, the way the guy throws himself. I almost yeah. nearly heard the, you know, the, the million-dollar man sound effect yeah. as he was throwing people. Um, anyway, in the scene on the train, there are several football fans wearing rosettes, but these had gone out of fashion long before 1980 when the film was made. Yeah. Additionally, the scars that the fans wear are of a type that, like rosettes, were not in fashion in 1980. That's what I mean. It's, it's anachronistic. The whole vibe of the film doesn't feel like the 80s. 
No, it films like they've tried to make a film set in the 50s or something. Yes, but it's but it is set in the 80s. Yeah. It's it's just it strange. couldn't exist not in the 80s. But I think that's Val Guest. I think that's because he was a very old man at the time. Okay. And he was probably directing films that needed a youthful zing and he couldn't deliver it because he was too busy making everything like the Lavender Hill mob. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's that kind of feel. Interesting. Anyway, we're closing in on our final locations, so we'll see you when we get there. But this was just a nice little towel. We need to talk about the praise of Bernard Cribbins, so we'll talk about that at a later date. Look, there it is. There's the ramp. There Let is the ramp. Oh, the ramp. we're getting there now. It's the other side of that ramp, isn't it? All right, we're the getting water there. Tower. People might be wondering about the water tower, Paul. Yeah. But look, we need to get a photo of the water tower before the light dies. We're, All right, we'll do it. We'll end. do it. Stop chattering and I'll stop snappering. All right. Okay. Oh God, that. Don't oh. do that. Something came up there. Oh, we've been to the charity shop. We need to talk about that. I went to a charity shop. We I got a board game. And Road. I got a chameleon board game for three pound when it goes for about twenty. Oh yeah, that was in Forbidden Planet the other day. Remember, I was telling you about it. Say, so I bet we can find it in a charity shop for nothing, and I was right. Booyah! Booyah. I found another copy of Come to a Party Volume Two, which has some radiophonic at a party stuff, and also this. Bob and Ray spect- Stereo Spectacular. Is it one of those things where they use the, sp- the, the pan of the sound to make you feel like you're a party or something? I don't know. It sounds interesting. Like, they've got the thing and Bob and Ray visit Dr. Akbar at the castle. They've got, like, these scenes and music. I think Dr. Akbar reeks of this is going to be problematic. Well, maybe. But look, and also the cover is drawn by that mad art magazine artist. Oh, What's he called? Kirby. Something Kirby, maybe. isn't it? Not know. Jack Kirby, but that other Kirby guy. Jack something of it. Davis, Jack Davis. There you go. Yeah. So that's what drew me to it as well, because he does all that mad magazine work. You yeah, know, do I you recognise the style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In those kind of splash pages he did with a spoof of a movie, it was always that yes. kind of art. Yeah. All right, well, anyway, we went to a charity shop and got some good ones, so uh, you'll see those in a future episode, no doubt. Right, um, I'm going to turn this off, and we're going to go to the water tower and the last bit in the, in the cemetery. Oh, I'm looking forward to the yeah. cemetery. It's going to get all dark and spooky by then, mate. Dark and spooks. Some, we're going to have, uh, have some whiskey as well. Yeah. That's what uh, Dangerous Davis like to drink. Large we're doing scotch, it in, in large, remembrance. Large scotch, he says. Large scotch, please. Yeah. Right, so in remembrance of Davis Davies. Davies one, he Dav- makes one. Davies Dangerous. He makes one serious mistake, in, to my mind. Of creme de menthe and suet pudding. No. I would have had some of that suit. That's another mistake. I would have tucked into that suit pudding because it looked nice. All right. And well, also, I would have tucked into Maureen Lippman. Right. Okay. Well, we're moving on from that point. Why um, does we'll... he? Why? I mean, how often does he get an opportunity like that? She's a young lady. She's. Oh, she's Mate, not... he was a gentleman, and he was. You know, she was throwing himself out. They were both drunk. They could have been. You know, they would have regretted it. He was doing the right thing. And then at the end, it looks like he's fucking a dog in the stairwell. <laughs> Remember that? Because everyone comes out and goes, I'm yeah, not. And he oh, literally what's he says, doing? He's fucking a dog. That's what I mean. The dog was in it. Yeah. They, that's why they called him Dangerous Davies, because he was a dog fucker. <laughs> uh. Yes, I think I've told you everything, officer. Don't you bloody officer, me, booty. You're like all those police bastards. All of yourself in the end. You're going to do me over just because I made you look small. No, I wouldn't do a thing like that, Booty. Not when we're having such a useful chat, eh? But, I'll tell you something for your own convenience. If you don't think of a bit more of that story 
the bit you left out. I'm going to chuck you down to the other gangway next time. Then I'm going to come and stamp on you because you took the mick out of me in front of all those people. Is that clear? But what else, then? The night, Booty. The night of July 23rd, 1965. That night. We had it. Six, that is. Sorry, say again? Yeah, if we can find that gate, we'll end there. Eli's having a wee by a tree. We're just gonna. So here we are on the canal side. Uh, lots of canal boats. On the other side of this canal is uh, Kensal Rise Cemetery. Did you say Kensal Rise? Kensal Green Cemetery. One of the magnificent seven. And um, on this canal path, a couple of major events happen. Uh, one is they catch a man stealing from an allotment, which is on this side of the wall. The opposite side from the cemetery. Uh, and that's where eventually they find out that a disused allotment uh, greenhouse is used to hide the body. That's where she's buried. Yes. Um, and there's a skeleton shot in it. They discover the skeleton. And it looks like something they got in a Halloween shop. It does. <laughs> but there's that. And then there's the bit where he gets a bin on his head, beaten up, and then thrown in the canal. And, and then he gets rescued by a, uh, by a vicar. And the distinctive water tower is still there, but now it has been converted into some kind of uh, a home. Isn't it's been wooden it's either panels. a studio or office or something, a, but it, but it is still there, and it's hard because there's been a lot of growth, obviously, in the last forty years of the trees and a massive it's, fucking Sainsbury's. It's obscured, but that that beautiful Victorian era ramp is still there. That kind of bridge, um, the, the Victorian it's bridge it's like work, a yeah, bridge or something. Yeah. It's sort of like where the where the canal used to go off, and they used to deliver probably goods underneath it to yeah, very likely. This was the lifeblood of Britain, the canals that would take the, 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 the stock up and down the country. You say that, but in fact, well, yeah. they built all these canals, and then the, but the trains came in like 20 years later, and they were and made defunct. Made it pointly, yeah. yeah. And instead, it became the, uh, the, the veins of a country, the canal. It became the veins well, of a country running like, through. Up Did, until the 70s and 80s, a lot of these canals were completely in, in the ones inside cities were totally disused and like were sort of wastelands and no-go areas before they turned them into sort of, you know, parks and places for people to walk and stuff. And they for like, uh, either crusty art students to buy a long boat and live oh out right, on the... Yeah. Or, you know, middle-class people who want to break from the rat race and buy a little lovely little boat to live on. Which is fair, because I had a friend who did that. She bought a boat because she hated living in London and working in London. We haven't had any whiskey yet. We're going to have some whiskey. On the finale of this, of this walk, because I'm mate, can I just be honest with you? Fucking knackered. You're knackered now. I'm fucking knackered. Just well, tired. We've been, we have walked quite a lot around, Paul, and, you know, we've done well. We've, we've seen some... Uh, we've seen some sights. It's a lovely little stretch of the canal by the, by, uh, the graveyard here, isn't it, really? Oh, aye. Um, oh, aye. Industry going on here. Maybe you can hear that. Drilling. Or what so we, on the left-hand side of us, we have growth, allotment, birth, food, power, energy, and on the right, death, the end, <laughs> the end, and in the middle, the water, yeah. the lifeblood flowing through this great country of ours, no, this no. land of hope and glory, I don't know this sceptered isle, this beautiful green, green grass of if home. That's not the message of the film. If anything's the message of the film, it's like we're rapists and we now we're in power, sort of thing, you know. Well, if there's, a, if there's a message of the film, it's we're cops and we're bad and we do bad things. Yes, you see what I mean? But that's Authority just one, to be honest, that's just one bad egg. So the whole, there's a whole run-down drabness. The sort of, the background that the film is set in is so run-down and drab. and like Everything's browns and, and greens and 
greys, you know, everything's got this kind of sepia tone to it. Look, look, sun's going down, it's getting dark, and we're hopefully going to have just enough time to get into the graveyard. And what we misconstrued as a bridge tends, looks like now to be a power centre. Let's map and see if there's anywhere, otherwise we have to walk back. We're gonna there must to be somewhere back. to cross the canal up here. There must be. Badger Cheshire. <laughs> the name of a boat. Man. Yeah, I'm just reading stuff on a boat. Let's drink a drink. Who's he poops? We haven't drink. We didn't have any. No soup. drone zone. Danger of death. So don't fly your zone drone over there. You can't. I guess they could catch you if they catch your drone with a big net. The drone and then it feeds through the radio waves into you and electrocutes you. No, I think they're just two separate signs close to each other. One to say don't fly your drone over, and one is to say don't climb over and come in. Like don't go fetch your frisbee or your kite. Or your drone. Or your drone. Well, that's why you don't want to. What if your drone came down? Then you try to uh, climb in, and then you got. Then a little girl at some point will go, Billy, no! <laughs> as you get electrocuted. <laughs> it's very much got that uh, vibe round here, doesn't it? Of, yeah. a, of a children's uh, children's foundation. What were they called? No, safety like education, film. Education safety film thing, yeah. Don't pick up a hot sparkler. Don't go playing in train tunnels. Now, Paul, you wanted to say some words about Bernard Cribbins. I think now's a good time to talk about Bernard Cribbins. It's funny, because like, Bernard Cribbins is like the British Betty White, I think, in terms of everyone loves him. He's still going after all these years, still acting. He's been in Doctor Who, you know, carry-on films, theatre, comedy. He must be in his 90s now. Yeah, easily. And uh, I just think in this role, it's interesting, because you know like he's known for comedy. He's known for being a kind of... Well, he, also, he had comedy, but he also was like a working man's hero because he had those, right, said Fred, right, of us together, and he had a kind of common man's touch. Yes. And I think it was interesting because I think this film is him trying to... Not to say to taken seriously, but trying to do something to be adult. a bit more serious and yeah. adult, yeah. But his charm und- undercuts the sort of seriousness. You don't believe that he's really unhappy. Or, do you know, do you know yeah. what I mean? Again, it's tonally it's wrong, and I think the casting is part of what's wrong. I mean, he's one of the best things in it, but he's miscast, is what I'm saying. Well, here's the thing, I think he's and that's perfect why he in it. It didn't take off, though. His version of that character didn't take off. The, the Peter Davidson. One did, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was because they could, you know, give it a new spin for an edgy new generation. It's not, this isn't your Bernard Cribbins, last that's, detective. That's what I mean, this whole film was so anachronistic and sort of sort of backward looking and just you know and that's part of what makes it interesting for me but i'll say this i will probably buy him in the role than peter davison really because peter davison has this kind of warm chumly but slightly kind of weak fake phony feeble kind of a you know masculinity which i don't know would 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 suit the character but then we haven't read the books we don't know yeah you know these are all like it's just him. interpretations. It's Perhaps it's because of his reputation as being more of a comic actor. But yeah, it doesn't seem to fit with the grittier elements oh, of the there's story. there's a bench there. Let's sit down and have on the bench and have a drink and a smoke. And then we can get to the graveyard when it gets all dark and spooky. How about that? How about that? But anyway, in, 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 I think he's good in the role. I just think the script and the tone is all over the place. And I think they relied on him to boost the comedy scenes but didn't yeah. give him much direction, I think, when it came to the drama scenes. And the comedy scenes weren't, weren't great, either. Well, the comedy scenes are... In a hall, you know. You're going to stick a horse in a house. But that's the comedy, you know. And, and getting hit by a bin. with animals. They must have had a nightmare shoot that day with the horse. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, someone came out the next day and said, did you know your horse did a big shit and yeah, piss in everywhere. my hallway? Because you got him frightened because there was no animal again, safety people But again, it's anachronistic on. thing. He says it's the rag and bone man's horse. Come on, it's the 80s. I didn't see rag and bone no, men. No, I did. When I was growing up. You did? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I saw one or two. They were about... 
they they wear a thing still. They'll hangover. Yes, but it's an anachronistic element, and there's so many of those hangovers from the earlier period that's still in the film. And that's like that. Do you know what I'm saying? To be fair, though, you could... Just about to disappear, the rag and bowmen, I reckon. By the mid-80s, they must have disappeared by then. Well, the horses were out and the vans were in and all all that stuff, so, yeah. yeah. Interesting. There's so So, many anachronisms when you think about it. Let's get on this whiskey and then I'll just do that. No, we don't want to talk about your cock. Because just like Dangerous Davies, it's ill-judged. No, my, just like David. Con- shut up, you twat. All right, hang on. Let me think of a good put down. You have nothing. Your penis is like the film Dangerous Davies in that it's long, reminds me of the old days and made me feel sad. Shut up. <laughs> That's what you always say that about everything. That's your go-to metaphor what? for everything. Made me feel sad. Made me feel sad. Fucking have an original thought, Paul. All right, your penis Pass makes me, me feel whiskey. good. No, in fact, actually, you're not having any whiskey now for that attitude. <laughs> so I'm going to walk. What? It's my whiskey! Yeah, but you made the mistake of giving it to me, so now I'm in charge of it, and hey, if I say you're not... You, what? Oh, stop. Tell me that my put-down was good. It was very good. Your put-down was very good, and I felt very belittled. Thank you. Now we can have whiskey, and <laughs> we'll see you. whiskey out of? I've got a little cup of me bag thing, so I'll sort that out. I'll be cup fine. Cup of me bag thing? I've got a cup of me bag thing, and I like sitting by this... this There's f- a wood... It's very... A fire on a boat, and it's nice. It's very, um... What do they call it? Wintry. Uh... Evocative. Yes, it's very evocative, very evocative of here. wintry. It's very wastelandy on that side. You've got old industrial bits and tubes and yeah. gangways and planking and stuff. So it's the Neverworld part of London that like, you kind of go through on a train and don't realise. Like Wilsdon Junction, whenever you pass through that, it's like where are all these fucking warehouses and like long stretches of like empty concrete it's parks. It's all here. around here. Yeah, it's, it's where all the commerce came in. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, there's the train the overground. And there's another train. I think that's the line you take when you go back up to... It might be, yeah. yeah. Right, let's have a nice sit down, a smoke, a whiskey, and we'll go to our last location. Hopefully we can get within a snifter of it. We just need to check if there's we a We just need to check it. Up. So we're going to do that and get back to you. Under the, under the water tower to the bridge there. Back the way we came. Either way, you'll hear us one way or the other one last time on this beautiful and, I think, respectful to the 40-year legacy of Dangerous Davies. Ah... Now, if I put the toe of the pick in there, we'll see if it'll shift it. It's good and solid. It's been fixed for too long there, eh? Let's have both have a go. Right? Right. Right now. Now what? Now what indeed? Never torch. And so here we are at the end of our long journey. Mr. Silverman, we're at the back end of the cemetery. The Kensal Green Cemetery. We couldn't get in because it's way past lockout time and uh, we're late I, now. I told you earlier that lockout time was bound to be dusk, which is hey. 4.30, and that's when it was, Paul. Hey, that's do you know what else was. you said? What? Let's go get fucked on a bench, come on. I didn't let's say Let's have let's... a little drinky woo-woo. And I was like, come on, mate, let's be professional. Let's get this sorted so we can do it. You asked me via text last night to bring scotch. And I brought the scotch and we've had some scotch now, yeah? 
And do you know why we had the Scotch Paw? Yeah. Because this podcast is about Dangerous Davies, The Last Detective, released in 1981. Yeah. Which was filmed around here. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Comes round here. It comes round here and films round there. And you said we should drink not only Scotch, not only Scotch, but Creme de Mont. Yeah, well, well we couldn't get that, now? could we? Thank God. Yeah. And I looked for it, Paul. I know. That's the, my, level, so of de- that's my looked, level of dedication to this. I so don't try and tell me, oh, Alki Eli, he's always with the bad influence on me. You love it. You supped it down. You love to sup at the whiskey teat. Mate. I'll sup you and finger you in a line. Oh, up. that's good. No, that's really, really original. Eli's reasons. pissed everyone because he's had a little bit of scotch. And I didn't touch a drop because <laughs> I'm a good boy. I, can't I, have, I am doing this. So at now, the back end of a cemetery where the dead are, and I can see graves. Yes, we can see. We're looking into the cemetery. Can you see because, yeah, I can't. Well, no, I thought it was graves, but it was bollards. That's St Mary's um, Cemetery there, which is a little smaller cemetery. Within or without? Within. So it's part of it. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Did it bleed in? Did it start off as a little one there? Maybe that was the original. You're touching my cemetery. Perhaps because they had that crisis where they had to build the Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Perhaps this was the original site of a cemetery, the St Mary's bit, and then they had to build Kensal Green. You see what I mean? So just bled on. You don't mind if our cemetery touches yours, do you, mate? No, we have to build a massive cemetery because we've got too many corpses. It's not like, it's no laughing matter, Paul. There's too many corpses. Like, imagine that. You go to Sainsbury's, go, I'll mind the corpse, walk around the corpse. No, because they didn't have Sainsbury's in the 1800s, did they? Yes, they they did. No, they didn't. It started in the 1800s, Sainsbury's. Look that up right now and tell me. Tell me if it did. That is where you are fucking wrong. Hello, Google. Google. When was Sainsbury's made? Listen to me. He hasn't even got his phone on. What a cunt. What a lying cunt. When was James Sainsbury's founded? When was James Sainsbury's founded? What was that? <laughs> it's James, fuck your mouth. James I'll fuck, fuck your mouth your right mouth. up. I'll finger your mouth. Oh, God. In a lineup. Anyway, any last thoughts? <laughs> yeah, you can't work a phone. What do you want me to look up? When Sainsbury's you fucking was fucking sausage fingered prick. I surmise that Sainsbury's was founded in the 1800s. I'll just do it now. Oh, I can't. Just you do it. Okay, Google. When was Sainsbury's founded? 1869. Boom! Seven. A boom! So, was my reference to Sainsbury's? Was it? Was it correct? Yeah, but yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. In terms of the times, man, it was correct. Yes. Thank you. The point is, though, right, Mr. Silverman, Come out that you were saying there was so many dead in Sainsbury's when Sainsbury's back in the day was one shop that sold a fucking loaf of bread and a lamb joint. It's not exactly like the same fucking thing now. <laughs> You said it again. What have I done? That is not an example of something they would sell. A lamb Fucking joint. There's a joint of lamb. I'll have a lamb joint and a honey tea. I'm weird, man. <laughs> Jelly I flan. don't live in this world of food. I know no so food. What are we doing now, then? What's going on? Where are you going? Back up to the Harrow Road because we're making too much of a noise here. Come on. You're the one shouting like a fucking drunken I know, twat. I'd love to. And I want to continue. So you'd rather do it on the high street, then, yes. would you? Shouting fucking finger my line up I, on the high street. Not, I haven't said the word finger. I in the like last the word fingering. Yes. Now, Paul, tell them what was what's coming up at the end of the show, or something about what's coming well, up next I don't, week or something. Well, I don't know. Here we are at the end of our tour. We've we've gone to the locations of the film um, Dangerous Davies. As I say, you can go to our website, thecheapshow.co.uk, where uh, you'll see pictures from our walk today and also a link to the movie itself. If you want to, for any reason, watch that film, you might not. But we thought we'd celebrate 40 years, the 
wonderful work of Bernard Cribbins, Pam St. Clemens, <laughs> Joss Ackland, <laughs> Bill Mayhew. We looked after them all. And Val Guest, of course. And Val Guest. The, the, their work shined uh, in this film, and we thought we'd celebrate it to kick off 2021. 20, no. Two. Two. Oh, oh, 2022. You, I can't you did that. Let me take over. Thanks, everybody. Get off, don't touch it. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Cheap Show. I'm Eli Silverman. You'll see us next week. What will we be doing next week, Paul? What well, will we be doing? More wacky adventures, Mr Silverman. We'll probably just do something nice, like a, a Tales from the Dance Floor, or we'll do a game, or we'll do a, we'll do something normal and regular and in, in the house of mash and eggs. Uh, Paul, I didn't mention. What? Next week, uh, I can't do it. Right. So I've got Roger Ginora to come in, yeah? Roger Ginora is coming in. Is Ginora still around? He, and he does such a good me. You know, it's it's natural. It's not like your impression. Well, what the fans don't know of Cheap Show is he stuck it a few times without them knowing. Yes, yeah, so don't tell them. I'm just saying. This is off... off You're cap. telling them. Roger Ginora is coming in next week. All right. So you stop me wrapping up the podcast to interrupt by telling me something and the audience that you don't want them to know. Can I just... No, I've wanted it to be a bit, you can't. Just fucking turn it off. Right, well... you've ruined this. You no, ruined you've it. ruined it? You've ruined it for You've me. ruined it because you don't know how to get into how a cemetery. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, look, that's I'm a fossil lost. shop. There's fossils there. That's a fossil shop. That's a great way to end the podcast. I've had a, a brainwave. What do you mean, fossil shop? Puddle! Ah! Ah! <laughs> Bastards. Come on, come on. <coughs> Why are we going to there? I don't want to. I want to just end the podcast. Oh, let's come up to the, Let's do it. This is a great place to do it. All right. Anyway, anyway, thank you for listening to Cheap Show. Uh, thank you for continuing to support us. Uh, we'll be back next week for more economy comedy fun. Uh, you can support us on patreon.com forward slash cheap show. Give what you can, but only if you can. No, it's just tat. And you see, jo- it's not just tat. This place tat. is full of fucking tat. I will kill you. I will, I will fight you. It's full of crystals and tat. It looks like a student oh, fucking right. union. Magic. It looks like a student. Yeah, everything you, everything you think about is just mired in about twenty years ago when you fucking used to be able to get hard. Bye, everybody. You oh, pissed me off. You right. Have. No, you can't. You can't make it nice. I was trying to wrap up all professional, and instead you thought you'd point out a fucking shop selling rocks with fairy lights wrapped around it. It is better than bullshit what? Bullshit crystals. You could just be bullshit looking at crystals. What a load of fuck. Why don't we you? We might be looking fuck at normal off. veg. Say finger again. Go on, that'll be good. Eli. Go on. Yes. I wanted to get you a necklace, but I said I got you a finger ring instead. (laughs) (laughs) And did you make that up? Yeah, I just did this now. So that's how we're ending with my great wizard gag. And we'll see you next time on Cheap Show. We hope you've enjoyed the celebration. And we'll see you. Take care. Oh, at the Cheap Show pod on Cheap Show. I'm at Paul Gannon Show. Eli is... Eli Snoid on Twitter. E-L-I-S-N-O-I-D. And join us next week. And remember... Bye, that's the pod. think of anything. Good. Have you got anything? No, no, I didn't say I had, though. Oh, shut up. And remember, life is cheap. Knowledge is power. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Bye, everyone. That man thinks I was shouting at him. I was saying goodbye. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs>